I love being able to talk about brands that I use on my podcast, and I've personally been using this one for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help convert food into fuel and have the added benefit of supporting healthy hair, skin, and nails. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive, women's multivitamin gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma10 and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any alive women's multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every purchase, there is power. So show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long, because every time we buy a black led brand, we make room for another. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at Walmart. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair and Anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the psychology of your 20s, the podcast where we talk through some of the big life changes and transitions of our 20s and what they mean for our psychology. Hello everybody, welcome back to the show, welcome back to the podcast, new listeners, old listeners, wherever you are in the world, it is so great to have you here back for another episode as we break down the psychology of our 20s. Today we're going to talk about a topic that I don't think is spoken about nearly enough, particularly amongst those in our 20s, or really at any age, despite it being so much more common than I think we recognize, and that is health anxiety, the fear or preoccupation with the belief that we are currently or are at risk of developing a serious illness, that our death or some kind of serious harm is either inevitable or currently occurring somewhere in our bodies. Even if we don't have symptoms, we misinterpret normal bodily sensations as dangerous and it's that very fear that we may secretly have a condition like cancer or that we're having a heart attack or something else that can actually produce 
feelings that are similar to the to those conditions that we expect that we have because it activates our anxiety and a fear response such that we no longer really feel in touch with our bodies. This cycle can mean that we need constant reassurance from doctors. We're always scheduling appointments, searching for answers on the internet, and we are constantly coming up with this new explanation for a sensation or feeling that is either not that serious or may need you know may not even exist. The thing is though is that it's our anxiety that triggers our imagination to go to the worst possible outcome. And that is where we land and that is where we stay. On a personal note, health anxiety is something I've dealt with on and off for the greater part of my 20s, I would say even my teen years as well before that. And I want to really speak about that experience today for others who might be able to relate but also just kind of sharing what I've learned and how I have come to manage the, at times, real chronic anxiety that something in my body is not quite right, but also where this unique type of anxiety or set of fears comes from, whether it is hypervigilant parents, catastrophic thinking, our intolerance for uncertainty, fear-mongering. There is so much to be said for the origins of this kind of unique type of anxiety There is actually a term for the fact that a lot of us believe that we have certain conditions because of our exposure to the internet. It's called cyberchondria, where we repeatedly Google our symptoms and look for examples that kind of justify our own explanations to ourselves. Honestly, I think talking about this in the aftermath of a global pandemic is also so important because I think COVID and the changes that that brought to the world around us have been such a huge catalyst for so many people when it comes to health fears and health worries. I think when we are in our 20s, we're expected to feel very invincible because we are young. This is normally when we are our healthiest, our fittest, our immune system is strong. We think we're going to live forever. But we also have this very instinctual urge to want to stay alive for as long as possible. And that means worrying about our health, especially if you're an especially anxious person. Our minds like to find anything in our environment, external or internal, to be hypervigilant towards so that we are aware of any threats. I remember vividly when the Ebola virus was making like international headlines back in 2014, 2015, and I was so scared. I was terrified that my entire family was going to be infected with this rare disease and die. I would Google survival rates and symptoms. I'm pretty sure I ordered one of those like protective suits on Amazon using my mom's credit card. Anytime I had a cough, the smallest pain, even the hiccups, I would go into a state of panic. And I didn't really have a term for what that feeling was. The constant Googling, the anxiety, the endless doctor's appointments for symptoms that would disappear as soon as they told me I was fine. But it was when I was in my 20s that someone finally said to me, like, hey, look, it's unlikely that you are suffering from every rare disease on the planet and that you're still alive. I think the underlying condition here is really health anxiety. This was after I'd been experiencing headaches for a few weeks and I had my friend Kate, God bless her, an actual angel, but she drove me to get an emergency MRI because I was convinced 
convinced to the point of thinking I would need to write my will that I had a serious brain clot or terminal cancer. Spoiler alert, it was neither. I had just become so hypervigilant towards any abnormalities in how I was feeling, so alert to my body, so consumed with my worry and my stress that I was experiencing these phantom symptoms or I was applying unreasonable, irrational explanations to things that are just normal to experience as a human being that is going through life. That explanation actually brought me a lot of peace. Even if at times I still feel a lot of my anxiety spike, I understand it now. I can apply logic and understanding to my need to go searching for answers. And you know what it really all comes down to? It feels terrible to not be in control of your body. It is scary to feel like you are out of touch with with what's going on inside of you and to realize and recognize your vulnerability as a human. That is the origin of the fear. Understanding that although illness and sickness is a part of life, we want to be prepared for whatever is possible. We We want to be able to avoid anything that might happen. So we experience a lot of false alarms. I would always rationalize it that it was better safe than sorry, but I think I actually wasn't being safe. I was just creating more stress for myself. So what are some of the roots, the root causes of our health anxiety? Because I think being aware of those first allows us to actually gain the control that we feel or sense that we lack. To understand health anxiety, we firstly have to really consider our evolutionary history and the fact that we all are, at the end of the day, just animals, just another species whose primary goal is survival. Anxiety is a protective mechanism that serves that purpose and it allows us to scan the body for an illness that we might need to protect ourselves from. Our ancestors really relied on that keen sense of hypervigilance to survive in a hostile environment, one that they couldn't always predict. So those of us who are more cautious about potential threats, we're more likely to survive, more likely to pass on our genes. Normally, we would interpret that as being threats in our environment, like a massive tiger coming to eat us or predators. And in many ways, that is true. That is what ancient hypervigilance was normally directed towards, outside threats. But as we've evolved as a species, this hypervigilance has now turned inward. We are now on high alert for signs of illness because that illness is just as dangerous as something external or in our environment. And we now have the knowledge to treat and eliminate the threat. Therefore, if we catch something early enough, maybe we'll be okay. So we start looking for signs that what we are experiencing is a larger problem to get that diagnostic care. Another part of our programming or I guess our basic instincts as humans that has made us more aware of potential sickness or conditions is the innate and automatic prioritization of negative information. This is known as a negativity bias. So basically, we are more likely to attend to, learn from, focus on negative information more than positive information. And that bias, that tendency has been with us since infancy. It's something that is so important to our survival that even as children, we do it. Because you have to know that if you have a beautiful rainbow on one side and a terrible storm on the other, prioritizing the storm, thinking about how you're going to escape or protect yourself, 
was more likely to mean that you would survive. So we focus on that negative information. When we think about that in the context of health anxiety, this means that we are hardwired to excessively focused on the worst possible outcome. We magnify and amplify the perceived threat or small minor symptoms into a catastrophic illness. That small pain in your side, that's a heart attack. That headache, it's a brain tumor. And that catastrophic thinking has obviously emerged to help us, but in a modern context, it actually does more harm than good because we can't help but think of an explanation first before there is actually a reason to think that. So it reinforces our cycle of anxiety. The next thing we need to appreciate is that when we are struggling with our health anxiety, what we really are struggling with at the end of the day is our intolerance of uncertainty. A lot of this, if you haven't realized, is once again coming down to our innate human nature and our fear of the unknown. We don't like it as humans when we don't know what's going to happen next, when we don't feel a sense of control, when we are just uncertain. That leaves room for danger. Uncertainty is obviously a really normal part of life. We can never be 100% sure about what the future holds, not even 50%, 20%, good and bad. However, if you already have a high baseline or high levels of anxiety, you are more likely to want to plan and prepare for everything as a way of eliminating ambiguity or uncertainty because we are so fearful of it. It's why we like going to the same restaurants, why we like watching the same comfort TV shows or movies or only going to parties or social events where we know people. It minimizes the things that will be out of our control. However, our health is not something we can always control and realizing that creates further worry. We can become infected with something from a thoughtless cough or from pure chance, some genetic mutation that has just happened. So we overthink every small thing in order to mitigate our sense of stress at that realization. It's where a lot of those symptoms are coming from, the fear of uncertainty. There's a lot of reasons why we do that but it normally comes down to two main sources. Firstly is our upbringing and past experiences. And second is the internet. We are going to discuss how these two things contribute to our health anxiety, but also how we can begin to manage these feelings in a very healthy, sustainable, helpful way after this short break. I love being able to talk about brands that I use on the podcast, and this is a brand that I've been personally using for over five years. Our sponsor, Nature's Way Alive Women's Multivitamin Gummies, are specifically formulated for women. They contain 16 vitamins and minerals, including the full B vitamin complex to help you convert food into fuel. They also have calcium and vitamin D to support bone health and healthy hair, skin, and nails. And for those of you who may be watching your sugar intake, they now have a zero sugar version made with plant-based sweeteners, including stevia extract and monk fruit extract. With just two delicious gummies, Nature's Way Alive Women's Multivitamin Gummies are an easy way to feel like your best self every day. To learn more, visit naturesway.com slash Gemma and use code Gemma10 at checkout for 10% off any Alive Women's Multivitamins. Terms and conditions apply, valid through June 30th. There is a whole collection of black lead products at Walmart that can fit into your daily routine. And in every 
purchased there is power so show black founders some love not just during black history month but all year long because every time we buy a black led brand we make room for another black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choice at walmart go to walmart.com black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products that you can add to your daily routine Our first time using something normally forms a lifelong impression, even if psychology says that impression is not always correct. For example, you may try a new food for the first time, realize you don't like it, and you're convinced for the rest of your life to never try again. Or the first time shaving or using hair removal cream. I think we can all remember that strong chemical smell of those old formulas, Well, that is about to change. Nair is the number one hair removal brand, and now it has a new and improved formula that actually smells amazing and does away with the need to shave or have a rusty razor on hand. I was honestly so surprised when I used these for the first time because I think the last time I used hair removal creams was when I was probably 18. There was nothing pleasant about that smell, but now with scents like orange blossom and Moroccan argan oil for the new shower creams and cocoa butter, oat milk, vanilla or water lily and aloe vera for their body creams, they actually make me enjoy the experience. So a story about this. The other day I had three of my closest girlfriends and my boyfriend over for dinner and we had this bottle. We decided we wanted to try it out. We wanted to get rid of some hair on our legs we all use the oat milk and vanilla body cream literally at my dining table we applied it we waited for three minutes they turned out so smooth even my boyfriend put some on his calf let me tell you that little spot is still silky smooth a week later he can testify this stuff works and we also agreed these new formulas are a game changer because not only can you actually get rid of hair It actually smells nice and it removes the hassle of having to shave every few days, every few weeks. It also is free of dyes, it's free of parabens, it's free of sulfates, which is a big plus for me. And I have to say, again, the new Spence actually smell really, really good. You can smell them for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I was a child, I used to get these really, really terrible stomach pains, like the worst pain that you have ever experienced. It felt like 
someone was ripping out my organs. And I would complain about this to my parents all the time. It would come on randomly when I was at school, when I was with my friends, when I was playing basketball. And my parents would always dismiss it. They'd be like, no, you're just overreacting. It took over a year for them to realize that something was actually wrong. And when we went to the doctor, they found out that I had this really random condition, especially for people like under the age of 40. Um, I'm not going to go into what it is, uh, but basically this condition is super, super rare unless you're like over 40 um, and you're suffering from obesity and like high blood pressure and a poor diet. And it's also really, really painful. And, you know, my parents never could have known that this is what was going on because who is going to think that their 12-year-old daughter has a condition that mostly impacts sedentary, pregnant, adult women with high cholesterol? That memory, though, of knowing for a while that that something was wrong, trying to communicate that, not being believed, that really stuck with me. We think that those memories, those childhood experiences aren't important and we think that we don't subliminally learn from them. But those are teachable moments and our brain takes those times when we were in pain or experiencing hurt or something damaging and holds on to those memories really tightly because they might be useful in the future. So I look at that experience as being a big origin point for me. Because whilst my rational brain can see that this was really rare, this was really out of the blue, it wasn't life-threatening, it was managed, all that that situation taught me was just how little control that we have, how little we know about what our bodies are doing. And I'm not trying to use that example to like fear monger, I'm just more so using it to illustrate my point that childhood experiences and moments from our upbringing play a really pivotal role in the development of health anxiety. Individuals who maybe experienced frequent illness when they were children or had a significant loss in childhood grow up associating health-related issues with deep emotional pain. These unresolved emotions can resurface in the form of this health anxiety where the fear of illness becomes intertwined with this unresolved trauma. Further to that, some of us have also been raised with parents or family members who themselves are hypochondriacs and they project their fears onto us as a way of coping with their own personal anxiety. It might have been a mother who was always sanitizing things, taking you to the doctor, keeping you home from school. These experiences imprint on us. They stay with us. We begin to mimic it through observational learning. And then when we become adults who have been raised in this way, where those behaviours we thought kept us safe and provided a sense of, you know, false sense of security, we begin to take those on ourselves. It may also be that someone in your family has unfortunately suffered from a really terrible disease or condition. And so you know firsthand what that looks like and you want to avoid it at all costs. A family member with a condition also creates a predisposition which may give you more reason and and justification for your excessive worry because now you feel more at risk you feel more in danger it also creates what we call um, a frequency illusion or a frequency bias where we tend to notice something more after we notice it for the first time leading to the belief that it is more common than it is an example is that if you're 
family member has Parkinson's, the more you're going to start seeing Parkinson's in the news, in the media, overhearing it on the street, in conversations, leading to the belief that you should actually be more afraid, when really it's just an illusion created by where your brain is deciding to direct attention. This is really only aided by the fact that most of us belong to the first ever generation that grew up on the internet. And we know that the internet loves fear-mongering, it loves clickbait, novel stories that capture our attention, that get more likes, that get more views, because people are naturally drawn to information that is more emotionally charged. So those stories of cancer patients and rare diseases and infections, they become more salient especially, once again, in the minds of anxious people who are already on high alert for this information. The internet is very quick to give you the worst possible answer to any question that you ask it. I think this is a common experience to be like Googling your minor stomach pains at 2am and the first response is that you have some uncurable infection and you'll be like dead in three weeks. That is what we were talking about before, hypochondria. Even if we are Googling our symptoms in the first place as a, as a way to seek reassurance. Suddenly you're given this like unexpected answer and you're thinking, oh yeah, I fit the profile for all of these things because you have this bias, right? You want to meet this profile. You've been told the answer. So you want to make sure that you are part of the answer because Dr. Google has told you so and you trust that information. So how do we counteract that? If we know we have this tendency, if it is creating concern for us, meaning that we are in that constant state of panic, what are our strategies here? Because I think the most important thing to remember is that when you have anxiety of any sort, your thoughts are still within your control. They originate from you. Your anxieties, your worries, they come from you. They can be controlled by you, even if it seems hard. So there's three main strategies here that I want to talk about. Firstly, get comfortable with uncomfortable feelings. A lot of our health anxiety comes from feeling disconnected with our, with our bodies and experiencing phantom symptoms, which we know are actually the result of our anxiety. These feelings make us very aware of our bodies and also very aware of the stress response that we're going through. And so if we're not comfortable with that discomfort and cannot identify the true origin, which is a false alarm or a fear response, we're going to read further into that. And the next thing you know, we're in the doctor's office. If you think about it, um, a lot of the symptoms of anxiety also mimic a lot of the symptoms of more serious illnesses. So we can't tell the difference and we're not, we don't feel safe in those feelings. A lot of these sensations we can actually bring back into our control using methods associated with this idea called biofeedback. So biofeedback is this idea in psychology that we can actually train our minds to influence what we typically see as automatic bodily functions as a way to restore a sense of mental stability. There's the things like um, using like breathing patterns to control heart rate or meditation to control racing thoughts. The easiest way to tell whether your racing heartbeat is a heart attack or just anxiety is to stop for a second, take eight really deep breaths, let your arms float, 
lie down flat, continue to breathe. And I want you to think of your anxiety as a bubble slowly flowing past you or like a shell in the waves that is slowly getting swept out. Picture the most beautiful place you've ever been. Focus on that anxiety floating away, moving out of your line of sight and start focusing on the environment that you're imagining around you. Identify five things you can see in that place. What are you smelling? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? And has your heart rate dropped? Is your breathing more in your control? That is a sign that this is a symptom of anxiety, not a real illness. I also do this thing where when I'm like getting those racing thoughts that we all are so, so, so familiar with, I visualize all of my anxiety resting in the palm of my hand and I concentrate all of my worries onto that area. They're just in my hand. They're not anywhere else in my body. I hold onto them tightly and then slowly I let them go, but only when I'm ready to. And until that point, they stay right there in the palm of my hand. They're not in my mind. They're not anywhere else in my body. I can see them. I know where they're going to go and they're not going to hurt me. And I slowly release them. That is a really important tactic for me because it stops me from feeling like my anxiety is this thing that has control over me and I actually have control over it. I also would say begin to notice when you experience these phantom symptoms as a way to rationalize them and better understand your triggers. Is it that you often start to feel like you have a sickness or an illness or a condition during periods of really high stress? after you've had a really tough conversation with your partner, when you've had a really busy day. Often there is an environmental catalyst and our health anxiety is really just us projecting a sense of uncertainty in our lives onto uncertainty around our health because that feels more serious and valid to worry about. That's okay. Sometimes our mind does what it needs to do to compartmentalize our stress, but it is about being aware of that. Secondly, invest in your health as a way to build your confidence instead of Googling or instead of searching for answers. At the end of the day, our health is really precious. Health is wealth. It's so important. That is why we are so protective of it and so hypervigilant towards things that might be going wrong. But we have to remember that our health anxiety is really just us unconsciously trying to do what's right by ourselves by being overly cautious. Our brain just doesn't realize when it's maybe gone too far. Flip the narrative. Instead of looking for illness, look for ways to promote wellness. Let me explain this um, a little bit more. If you feel healthy, if you feel well, if you know that you are fit, taking care of yourself, that entire bodily sensation is going to give you peace of mind and a much deeper sense of confidence that you are in fact totally fine. You're okay. So instead of overthinking and Googling, go for a walk instead. Prioritize exercise, eat foods that make you feel good, go and get your regular checkups, take your vitamins, get eight hours of sleep, make that your focus instead of your worries. It's going to have two effects. Number one, you're just going to feel a lot better and your anxiety will actually just be lessened because you're adopting these healthy habits. And secondly, it brings that sense of control back into your life. You feel like the control that you're giving up when you worry about 
your health, you are reclaiming by prioritizing your health. If that doesn't work, you can always challenge these unhelpful thoughts. Anxiety is irrational. Helpful thoughts are logical. What are the actual prevalence rates of what you're worried about here? How common is it really? What are your chances of surviving? How would doctors treat you if this was to happen? Is there a more rational explanation for your symptoms? You've got to realize that if something was really wrong, your body is going to tell you in ways that are very obvious. You would not have any doubts. And worst case scenario, you would still be okay. I promise you, you are going to be okay. Our medical system is so far advanced. Often we forget that. We feel like we have to do all the work to keep ourselves safe when there are people who have trained for years to do that for us. Sometimes we think that our you know, anxious thoughts are the only things protecting us. Like if I, I, can, I can outthink my anxiety or if I overthink something enough, I'll jinx it and it can't possibly come true. But your anxiety is lying to you. Your nervous system has developed a fight or flight response. And sometimes it means it misfires. Our health anxiety is an instant of that. So my final tip, when you can't escape this spiral or your thoughts are just really loud today, is to talk it out with your friends. And I find this really helpful for two reasons. Firstly, when you verbalize something, you often realize how silly it sounds. And secondly, you'll be surprised how many other people out there have similar thoughts to you at some time or another. I remember so clearly sitting down with my friend Kate when she was about to take me to get that MRI and just hearing from her how she felt the same way. Obviously, I knew how hard it was, so it wasn't like a pleasure to hear. I wasn't like happy. But I believe that seeing our experiences reflected back on us is one of the most calming, reassuring things we can feel. It makes you realize that no one... No feeling that we experience is felt alone. No human experience is completely unique or experienced in solitude. We operate in the same way as humans. Our quirks, our anxieties, our insecurities. That is a good feeling. That is a comforting feeling. Talk about it openly. Discuss it with your friends and your family. And they can kind of act as a voice of reason in those situations when your logic is failing you. They are kind of the rational voice that you need because once again in those moments, your brain is just looking for a source of fear. It is fear mongering. It wants answers. It wants certainty. So it's going to find whatever explanation is going to bring it comfort and peace, even if it's not the right one, even if it's totally off the mark. I really um, do have a lot of sympathy. I feel like if you can't tell it, this is part of my reality and sometimes it's really, really hard. I've been like traveling a lot recently and I think that's a big trigger for me where I get really worried that I'll get sick when I'm overseas. So I start becoming really hyper vigilant to like any small thing as like a reason not to go or as like a reason to go to the doctor. So it's definitely been on my mind and I want you to know that you are not alone. Obviously, as I was saying that about talking to friends and being reassured by other people's experiences, I hope you can hear my experience and realize that you are not the only one who is who is conscious of this who is conscious of these worries and these anxieties you are going to be completely fine you are going to be so okay I'm really rooting for you I know it can be hard to feel like you are not in control of your body because of whatever experience in the past 
scared for your future, the future of your health and your well-being, but I'm right there with you and I really get it. So I hope this episode has been of some help. I hope these strategies have been helpful. They personally are amazing for me. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode or at least got something out of it. As always, if there is someone who needs to hear this, please feel free to share it along, to share the love and make sure that you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. I read them all. I see them all. They make me feel so happy. And I can't believe that we have this beautiful community of people who care about these things. So thank you so much for coming along for the ride. If you have an episode suggestion, you can follow me at That Psychology Podcast and send me a DM. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what you're going through and thinking about the psychology behind it. So once again, thank you. And we will be back next week with another episode. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock, one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with giveaways dropping every hour on the hour. It is the perfect time to try, like and share black lead products. It's free. It's for everyone. And it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choice at Walmart. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Ugh, our 20s. The drunk dialing, the forgetting to wash our face at night, and yes, neglecting our teeth. Don't do that last one. You only get one set of teeth, so you need to protect them. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface and locks in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. Pronamel also makes a new mouthwash, which helps to repair acid-weakened enamel beyond brushing alone. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy your toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com today. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.